yesterday, Stephen Lee brought a devotional on Second uh, Chronicles 20, I think, uh, regarding uh, King Jehoshaphat. Today, we'll be looking at Second Chronicles chapter 25, another king, King Amaziah. Um, but before we start, let's, let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you that you are our great and good God that you desire to bless your people from your word and by your spirit. And we pray you would open our hearts, Lord, to hear and walk in your truth this day, even in this time of prayer. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, brethren, uh, I also remember uh, Curtis Knapp's devotional from last week on March 28th. And if you haven't heard that, I'd encourage you to, to hear it. I, this is sort of part two. We might entitle this Spiritual Darkness. Curtis talked about all the ways our societies have melted down in darkness and desperation. And it's true. We are surrounded by darkness, spiritual darkness. We live in a society that's been transformed by darkness, even in our lifetimes. It's a process of ever-growing darkness, ever since the fall, really. Each generation has thought it couldn't get any worse, and then it does. And so we need to understand what this darkness is. What, what do we really mean when we say spiritual darkness? If I may, I'd like to offer a personal example it's uh, an extended example, so please stay with me. We're, we're headed somewhere. When I was a student, a buddy of mine and myself traveled in Europe for a summer. And on July 4th, we found ourselves in Switzerland. And we normally stayed in youth hostels, uh, but this time we found a cheap hotel on, the, on, on an island in the middle of a lake. And there was nothing on this island except for two hotels. You took a ferry boat across the lake and um, there was a landing. And the island basically was a mountain sticking up out of the water. So there was a tram that took you to the top, maybe uh, 100 or 200 feet. And at the top, there was a luxury five-star hotel and then a dirt path that led around the side of the mountain to the backside where our chief hotel was. Well, when we got there, uh, it turned out there was a, a tour of American students at the luxury hotel for a 4th of July celebration. So we joined in. And afterwards, it was late at night. Uh, we started on this dirt path around to the backside to our chief hotel. Well, it was a new moon, and there was no uh, glow from the city lights uh, back on the shore. It was pitch black. And I don't know if you've been in absolute darkness before, maybe in a closet without the light on and a towel under the door. But this was pitch black. You literally could not see your hand in front of your face. So we inched our way uh, step by step on this dirt path. And up ahead, we, after a while, we heard some tinkling. And as we got closer, there were bell ringers 
on the left, on the uphill side, and on the downhill side to the right, and even in front of us. And I figured maybe it was some sort of religious cult having a, a midnight ceremony on the, on the side of this mountain uh, on the new moon. As we got closer, we still couldn't see anything, and there were bell ringers right in front of us. And so we just took one step at a time, and I was saying things like, we're friends, we just need to get through to this hotel, and still couldn't see anything. And finally, one step more, and the bell ringer was right there. So I leaned forward, and finally saw that I was face to face with a cow. And uh, there were lots of cows and they were happily chewing their cud and eating grass. To them, everything was normal. So we had a good laugh and actually with great relief made our way on around to the hotel. So what does this have to do with us? Cows in Switzerland on a dark night well, brethren, the fact of the matter is that we live in a society that is in great spiritual darkness. And in the same way, they are happily chewing your, their cud, if you will. They're going about their daily lives doing their normal thing, thinking that they have an accurate perception of reality. And here we are attempting in the middle of that to navigate the narrow path set apart from the world, celebrating the truths of our Lord that are held in such disdain by the rest of the world. The darkness at times can seem overwhelming. However, our Lord knew about this and he warned us about it. He actually gave us many examples in the scripture. And that brings us to Second Chronicles chapter 25, verses 8 and following. This is the story of Amaziah, king of Judah. And he had set his heart to go out against Edom, the descendants of Esau. Sometimes the, that land was known as Seir. So he thought he needed help, and he hired 100,000 100, troops out of the northern kingdom, Israel, to come help him and Judah fight this war. That's when God raised up a prophet to tell him that he should depend on God alone and not take any soldiers out of the northern kingdom. So that brings us to verse 8. But if thou wilt go, do it. Be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy, that is, if you take the troops from Israel. For God hath power to help and to cast down. So Amaziah went into the battle only with Judah's troops, depending on God for strength. In verse 11, and Amaziah strengthened himself and led forth his people and went to the valley of salt, and smote of the children of Seir 10,000. So God gave Amaziah a great victory that day. 
How did Amaziah respond? And brethren, here's our example of darkness. Verse 14. Now it came to pass after that, Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the children of Seir and set them up to be his gods. And he uh, drew himself before them and burned incense unto them. And brethren, this is amazing. This is amazing. God had just given Amaziah, uh, sorry, Amaziah a great victory. And Amaziah's response is to turn away from the one true God and embrace the gods of his enemies that he had just defeated. And that is spiritual darkness, brethren. They call evil good and good evil. And here is the thing. People in the world develop blind spots. The thing about blind spots is you cannot see them. They are walking in darkness and they think they have truth, as they call it. They think they're living normal lives. They think they are in control. And they refuse to recognize the one true God. So let us realize that I have to put on my glasses, this. <laughs> so let us realize that uh, wickedness is all around us. Rather, instead of reacting against them, when we might start to feel overwhelmed, let us have compassion on the world. Let us be prepared to point them to the light of the world. Let us share with them the word of God, which can be a lamp to their feet as well as ours. And let us remember that our Lord has given us a great victory at the cross. Second Corinthians 4, 6 tells us, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the faith of Jesus Christ. And 1 Peter 2.9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Brethren, as we pray together, let us remember that light and the victory that the Lord has given let us not be surprised by the darkness around us, but bear witness and show forth the light of the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen.